Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of My Most Authentic Life. I'm your host, Fede Vargas. Thank you for coming back. And if you haven't done so, hit subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're loving this podcast and would like to see additional content, you can follow us on Instagram at My Most Authentic Life. Today, we're talking about the five steps of personal reinvention and continuing our chat with life and wellness coach, Michael Diorio. The mission with this podcast is to share stories of people that are daring to live boldly and bravely and through their stories to inspire and empower you to do the same. One of the signature traits of people that are living boldly and bravely is rooted in the ability to authentically reinvent yourself. That ability to trust your inner knowing and create the life that you want to live. I've spoken about my personal transformation of 2021, that transformation during my career break, radically changed my life trajectory. And through it, I found my way to my most authentic life and found the inspiration for this podcast. Now, that reinvention was triggered by external factors during the pandemic. And after those triggers led me on this path, I had to adapt and become intentional about the path I was taking. Through that personal development journey, I embraced the strong R's. I talk about that a lot on here. The strong R's that reshaped the trajectory of my life and allowed me to redesign my life. I committed myself to a daily practice of those strong R's. Re-examining, reassessing, rewiring, reimagining, re-engineering. All of those strong R's are pillars that support the biggest R of them all, and that is reinvention, personal reinvention. Today, we're joined by Michael Diorio. Michael's a life and wellness coach at Willismo Coaching, co-host of the Gay Men Going Deeper podcast, and community leader in the Gay Men's Brotherhood. Through his podcast, group workshops, and one-on-one coaching, he specializes in helping people build genuine self-confidence, from the inside out. If you're interested to hear the setup for this episode, tune into episode 20 for Michael's corporate rat race escape story and find out why he chose Mexico City as his digital nomad hub. In this episode, it's all about his five steps of personal reinvention. So grab a notepad, pin this episode. It's a very insightful five-step process. So Michael, let's get started. What's number one? All right. Yeah. Awesome. So this is the five steps of personal reinvention. Uh, And the way that I define that is, you know, there's two kinds of reinvention that we kind of go through. One is the unintentional kind. So things happen in our lives and we're just forced to change, right? You can probably look at yourself 10 years ago, look at yourself today, and whether you knew it or not, you've changed. But what I'm talking about here is a very intentional reinvention where you sit down with yourself and you say, okay, what do I want my life to look like in, and then fill in the blank, a year, two years, five years, 10 years. And then you work backwards from that. So it's literally a clean slate. So the first step in doing that is to do an audit of everything that is happening in your life, your personal life, professional life, relationships, habits, everything, just a full life audit uh, of what's working for you, what's supporting you, what's nurturing you, and being very honest with yourself about what isn't. And then having the courage to identify uh, what that might be and then starting to figure out how to let go of that. So this is hard for people because for each of these steps, I'm going to tell you what the challenge is. This is hard for people because 
a lot of the times we don't want to let go of things, even if we know they're not good for us, right? Like perhaps it's a, a toxic relationship or a job or a bad habit. It's hard to let these things go because they are very much part of our today identity. And in order to become somebody different, you have to let go of aspects, not your whole self, but you have to let go of aspects of your identity. And that is a very hard thing to do. So, so step one is the audit and then identifying what you're going to keep in your new life and what you're not, right? And that, that includes all the people as well. So people as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Who's going to be on your island, right? Right. Yeah, of course. You know, there's that, there's that saying that people, I don't know who it was from, but you know, you are the, you are the accumulation of the people you spend the most amount of time with. Yeah, I've been seeing that come up a lot recently. Not only that you're a combination of the top five people that you spend the most time with, some people are taking that further and saying that you're a combination of the top five people that those five people are likely to introduce you to. Right. So exactly the same idea, right? And even just thinking like, as you're going through this reinvention, there's going to be people who will see this happening and they won't be happy for you. And that is a shame. They will be maybe jealous or they will feel a ways about it. They don't want you to change, right? And so it's really important to want or to have people in, in your corner who are rooting for you or or who want to see you succeed. And they're not going to try to keep you down. And that that is unfortunately something that I learned is a very hard thing to do is to outgrow people, which is very natural. Yeah, let's talk about that. And there are two parts there. Uh, first, there's the backlash. So how do you manage the backlash? And how do you manage letting go of that friend or that relationship that you thought would be there rooting for you, but they're not? You don't need to have a big, you know, ritual ceremony of like cutting them out. I think you just, the way I did it is just naturally faded. It just naturally faded to black. Like I didn't have this whole like goodbye ceremony. <laughs> like you're not my friend anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. It was just, uh, we spent less time together. We we didn't text each other as much. And then it just kind of faded to black. Um it doesn't have to be a big drama. And in fact, I would say for me, I don't like drama. So that was kind of an easy way to go about it. Fade to black. Love that expression. Fade to black. So that was number one, life audit. Now what's number two? Okay. So the second step is setting the GPS. This is when we decide the future that you want to create. So this is when you have that blank slate and this is the fun part. Where do we want to go? What, like I said earlier, uh, you know, what do I want my life to look like in fill in the blank, five, 10, whatever years, what, what, what's my ideal day? What am I doing with my time? Who am I spending my time with? Uh, what things am I doing? What are my habits? You know, uh, what am I eating? Where am I living? All of these things, just literally create the scene as if it's a movie, uh, of what you're doing, who you're with and everything that goes with it. So for me, what I had decided, and, and I have I have this because it's I used to repeat this to myself every day. The first word that came to mind was independent, autonomous, and I follow my own path for better or worse. Coming out of those, you know, years in the corporate world, I just had this at the time, I just had this feeling like I was being encumbered and I just wanted to like rip the chains off me. That's what it felt like. And so for me, the number one number one was autonomy and independence. I didn't want to be encumbered by others. I wanted to make my own decisions. Like I said, I didn't want to have to ask permission for anyone to go on vacation or do anything. Um, 
The second thing for me was I really wanted to feel good about utilizing my natural skills and talents, and I wanted to make a direct impact on people's lives. So like I said, I didn't know I wanted to be a coach at the time. That kind of came to me later, but I knew, okay, I want to make an impact on people's lives and I want to contribute. So I said the GPS. Okay, awesome. Those are some really powerful questions. So I'm going to repeat some of them because these questions are... Good inspiration for reflection, for moments of reflection. And you said there, where do we want to go? What do I want my life to look like in five, 10 years? What does my ideal day look like? What am I doing with my time? Who am I spending my time with? And what a great way to put it, create the scene like it's a movie. What does your movie look like? So essentially, the GPS is figuring out where you are now and where it is that you want to go. Yeah, just like when you're going on a road trip, you kind of, the first thing you do is you put in your in your map, where am I going? Set the GPS. And then from there, you know, your GPS is going to give you like five different routes to get there, right? We don't know the how, we don't know which way it's going to go, but we still want to figure out, okay, where am I going? You know, even if it's, even if it's, you want to be as specific as you can, but even if it's vague, start there. So start understanding what it is I want from life. What are my values? I valued independence and autonomy and contribution. So, okay, that's a good place to start. That a lot of the stuff fills in along the way for me. And and I would say it's good to be specific, but at the same time, you want to leave things a bit open and you don't want to get to a point where if things go slightly off track, you like throw your hands up and say, okay, I can't do this. I quit. You want to leave room for wiggle room. Yeah, absolutely. The wing it factor. You know, every great journey, every great adventure has the wing it factor. That's been so liberating for me um, as I shifted away from my perfectionist tendencies. And, you know, our perfectionist in us will always be there. Uh, That's why we work on things. But uh, that mindset, mindset shift has been important for me. Now, tell us, what is number three? Yeah, yeah. The third step is taking responsibility. And this is a hard one, I think, for for a lot of people. taking responsibility for your life, for your decisions, and especially for your future. And that sounds so easy, and it is so much easier said than done, because I I thought, okay, yeah, I can do that. But then when push comes to shove, it's it's actually hard to be uh, responsible for everything. And that what that means to me is no more blaming the world, no more blaming your parents for making you like this, or your friends for being like this, or your boss, or anything in the world, the economy, nothing. You just stop all that, right? You just stop all that and say, listen, this is my life. No one, as Mel Robbins says, no one is coming to save you, but you. And that's that's the crux of taking responsibility. Own your decisions, the good ones and the bad ones. Own the consequences of those decisions, because sometimes they're not great, instead of blaming others. Owning the life, owning your success, owning your failure. All of this like taking responsibility, taking responsibility sounds not so sexy. If you want to reframe it, a good way to reframe it is taking back your power. Yes, reclaiming your power. With taking back your power comes freedom and with freedom comes accountability. So it all comes back to taking responsibility. But of course, all of this is easier said than done. Yeah, it's scary for a lot of people, I think. I mean, for me, the scary part was coming from that corporate world is I gave away so much of 
my decision making because I didn't have to make a lot of decisions about business, about money. I was like, I'm going to get this paycheck every every other week. I don't like it. I took so much of that for granted, right? Um, whereas now I'm like, oh shit, I got to like, this is on me. I'm the one responsible for my next paycheck. Uh, I'm not going to just get this from some some employer. Yeah. And taking responsibility goes back to letting go of certain comforts. And I guess that connects back to number one as well. Uh, we talk about lifestyle inflation here. And taking responsibility means also letting go, taking the responsibility of letting go of those material possessions. Yeah. And I think that's another kind of side benefit as it really forces you, these kinds of reinventions because of that life audit really force you to evaluate everything in your life and not take it for granted. So there are things that are going to be useful to you. Like we talked about the negative side of it, which is letting people go. But at the same time, you will also see the people who really matter and you will value them and respect that connection so much more because you're like, listen, I get to redesign my life and I purposefully, intentionally want to see you with me in the future. And that's that's a very nice place to come to with a friend or a family member or partner, re-choosing re them. Yeah. And it goes back to who's going to be on your island, right? And as we go through these reinventions, uh, we realize sometimes that the island's getting kind of small. Yeah. But it's like concentrated goodness, right? It's like only the best of the best. And that, and and that the way I see it is like we're all kind of having fun, obviously, and nurturing each other and supporting each other and being there for each other. And we all are each other's support system and we're all having a good time and laughing along the way. That's the way I imagine that island. Yeah, I love the island. So now uh tell us what number four is. So number four is taking action. So this is it. You got to take action. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, take action. You got, you got to do the stuff. You got to show up day after day. For me, it was showing up day after day, doing my studying to become a coach. It was getting those hours, doing my certification, learning how to build a business, learning how to build a website, learning how to do accounting, all the things. I, let me tell you, I do not want to do these things, right? This is the unsexy side of being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a digital nomad, spending all these hours on visa, figuring out visas and flight, like all of this stuff um, is not the part that people see. And what I see a lot of people do is like, oh, this is too difficult. I don't want to do it. So then they quit or they stop or they think, oh, something has gone wrong. No, 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 my friends, you're on the right track. You have to keep doing the things you don't want to do. And you have to just realize that it's in service of the greater good. So put yourself out there. You know, for me, that was another piece of it. Starting a business was I had to put myself out there and I'm, I did not, I did not want to do that. I liked being behind the curtain, not in front of it. Um, so maybe my past self would, would freak out right now seeing me with, with the life I have now, but it was all worth it. I had to come over. I had to overcome a lot of my own self-doubt, a lot of my fear of visibility, a lot of my fear of failure to do this. But I just said to myself, the end result is worth the temporary discomfort of learning this new skill of putting yourself in front of the camera. So just fucking do it. It's, <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't have to feel good all the time. You know, we're so good at selling other things, especially coming from our corporate lives. Think of all the energy we've pumped into selling other people's ideas, other people's businesses. But what if we put the same amount of energy and invest it into ourselves? When it comes to investing in ourselves, we go into our cocoons and get scared. 
Yes, 100%. And which brings me perfectly to the fifth and last step, which is having your own back. So this is the skill of being kind to yourself no matter what. Being kind to yourself throughout the process. You know, if you're like me and you did this mostly, you know, physically alone, I was traveling, like you have to be your own support system sometimes. And you might not get the support from everyone in your life all the time, or they might not be there physically. So the skill of learning to have self-compassion, to be kind to yourself through all of your mistakes, through all of your fears. Uh, I know I learned the skill of talk. I literally talk to myself. I'll talk to myself like, hey, Michael, hey, girl. Like I talk to myself like I am my best friend. Like, I know you don't want to do this. You just got to get it done. Like, I know you really fucked up that thing. I love you anyway. Like all of these things. Like if you're going to go on this journey, might as well have some of your own support along the way. And it just makes it more fun. 1000% self-compassion. I was going to be my follow-up question and then you you said it and you know, we're not on video, but that's when I raised my hands. <laughs> uh, oh my God, I wish I had known self-compassion. It's like your best friend, self-compassion. Yeah. It's the best friend that lives with you at all times in your brain. So it's very important to develop that skill of having your own back. And, and it's the last one, but but really it, it, it flows through, all, I mean, the entire time. And as you get better at it, I, I would argue my success and like my results in my business are started taking off the kinder I was to myself because the kinder I was to myself, the more I wasn't afraid of failure or taking action, the more action I took and the more action I took, uh, the more the, the, the results came, the more clients showed up, the more podcasts I did, the more videos I did, the more I put myself out there. And the amazing thing about self-compassion and being kind to yourself is that when you start harnessing that energy, it grows exponentially and you start passing it on to others. Oh, a hundred percent. And I want to, I want to be clear. I'm not always like a hundred percent nice to myself. I have a very, I have a strong inner critic. He likes to chirp at me a lot. Uh, but I have a relationship with that inner critic. I, I don't want to sit here and say like my inner critic is gone and I'm always kind and loving to myself. I'm not. I, I have a perfectionism tendency and a high inner critic, but I talk back to him eventually. <laughs> I'm like, listen, enough of that. We're not, we're not beating ourselves up anymore, okay? Yeah, it's a daily practice. And like I said earlier, that perfectionist, that inner critic is not going away. Yeah. So you might as well talk with them. Yeah. Yeah, and have a relationship with it instead of trying to make it go away or thinking or thinking, oh no, something something's wrong with me because I'm so critical of myself. It's like, no, we're just critical of yourself. Nothing's wrong with you. We all have that. But how do you want to develop that relationship with that inner critic? Yeah. And how are you going to manage your imperfect self? Mm -hmm. Uh we've covered so much on this interview. I do want to close off with one of the other bedrocks of this podcast. Without even talking about it, we've been talking about it. <laughs> authenticity, everything we spoke about fuels and you know empowers authenticity. But if you could, it's really hard put it into you know a short phrase. What is authenticity for you, and how do you practice it? Mm, that's a great question. Um, authenticity to me is aligning my actions with who I am, even when it's scary or unpopular. Yes, absolutely. That's the shortest answer I can give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, whenever I ask that question on here, I get different answers. And it's really about what's aligned for you at that moment in your life. The, the thing with authenticity is, you know, there's a lot of different versions of who you are, right? So it, we, it's, it's not like there's this one flat 
2D version of this is who Michael is. There are lots of different ways we can be authentic to ourselves. So I think that's where that's where you know I, I think it can get complicated for people. Is like, wait, is this my authentic self or is this one my authentic self? And the answer is all of them are. Absolutely, it's the full spectrum of authenticity. We're constantly evolving, and we need to embrace impermanence. Everything changes. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah, and, and that's the beautiful thing about life, I think, and growing and, and reinvention. <laughs> and reinvention, exactly. Yeah. Well, brilliant. That's a perfect way to end things. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, for giving us your insight on your journey. Uh, and I want to wish you the best of luck. I'm so excited for your Mexico City experience and your this adventure you're going on. Yeah, I am too. And uh, I mean, we follow each other on Instagram, so I will be posting there all the stories. And uh, I know you've sent me some great recommendations. So thank you so much for that uh, on your end. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Happy to help. Uh, I always get excited every time someone goes off on one of these adventures. So have fun. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. And have a good day. Thank you for being here. You as well. Bye-bye. And that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have an amazing day. And remember to keep on living. Time on. <laughs>